Welcome to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Sam Abbott, registered dietitian nutritionist and PCOS nutrition expert. I'm here to help you learn how to manage PCOS and support your hormones while also having a healthy relationship with food in your body. You can improve PCOS symptoms and labs without dieting. Get ready to feel better with PCOS and leave diet culture in the rearview mirror. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Sam, registered dietitian, and I am so excited to chat with you today about intuitive eating. It is such a gloomy day in Charlotte right now, and it's actually a good thing for the podcast. I have a little inside joke with everyone that I interview and my husband that podcast days, I don't know what it is on my street, there's always something really noisy going on. I record two Thursdays a month, and no matter when I record podcast, there's some sort of major construction or something like the last week that I recorded Somebody was cutting down a tree, like our neighbor, two houses down. And then the time before that, I was just hearing all of this loud construction noise. And I'm not kidding you. I went outside and two houses down on the other side, they were just demolishing the house like all day. (laughs) Thankfully, I have a good microphone. I think you can't really hear anything. But I was telling my husband, like, I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to get like a podcast recording studio or something. But I have found the secret is to recording when it is pouring down rain. There will be no construction going on. (laughs) Well, I hope that you're having an awesome day. And I am really excited to jump into a series that I'm going to be doing on intuitive eating. So this actually started because I wanted to do an episode all about some of the common obstacles that I see people struggling with when they're trying to incorporate intuitive eating principles into PCOS nutrition changes. And I was like, well, before I do that, I should probably do an episode on just what intuitive eating is in general. And then I need to talk about how intuitive eating is a little different with PCOS. So I'm going to be turning this into a three-part series. So this is part one. If you're not familiar with intuitive eating. This is a framework for nutrition and wellness. It was created by two registered dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. They wrote a book called Intuitive Eating. So you can go online and purchase that. I'm going to go through the 10 principles, but the book, there's like one chapter per principle if you want to do a deep dive. There have been several editions of the book. It's really popular. Now they have a workbook. I think they have a journal. So there's a lot of materials around it. Intuitive Eating is a self-care framework. Like I said, it's made up of 10 principles. And the purpose of it is to help you let go of dieting and to make peace with food. If you don't know my backstory, I worked in school nutrition for six years, and then I went and worked in clinical in the hospital, and I really have always wanted to open my own nutrition practice. And so after working in the field for a while, I decided to go for it. And in the beginning, like a lot of registered dietitians, I didn't really have a niche or a specialty. I just kind of opened my doors. I accepted insurance, and I saw a variety of clients. And what I noticed was that my clients who primarily were weight motivated 
really had the hardest time with nutrition and wellness changes. Like in the short term, they didn't, but in the overall big picture, they did. And they were just cycling through different periods of time where they were trying to lose weight. And then they would gain it all back and then they would start over again. And they were coming to me because they felt like I had some sort of secret or I was going to teach them how to do something different. And even, you know, the dietetics field, and I've talked about this in other episodes, it's very weight-centric training. And even coming out of school, I didn't really feel completely aligned with that. But I definitely straddled the fence a little bit and like, I don't want to be like a weight loss dietitian, but if somebody comes to me with weight loss goals, like we'll focus on behaviors and whatever happens, happens. But I just kept seeing like, this is not effective to focus on this. And then I started specializing in PCOS and I was seeing clients every day who had goals like they wanted to get their period back or they were trying to get pregnant or they had been diagnosed with high blood sugars and the only advice they were getting from their doctor was to lose weight. It was almost like they had no tools at all. And this pursuit of weight loss in the PCOS space of what I was seeing was really causing more harm than good because people weren't eating enough they were either over-exercising or not exercising at all because they were kind of like, what's the point? People had undiagnosed other medical conditions, undiagnosed nutrient deficiencies, and all of these were kind of – the symptoms of these were dismissed and kind of blamed on weight. And so I just felt like in private practice, all I was hearing was like, lose weight. I need to lose weight. My doctor told me I need to lose weight. And I'm like, this is really – it just doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel like it's very helpful. And this is when I learned about intuitive eating and it's really helping you let go of this diet mentality and have a more peaceful relationship with food so that you can honor a more authentic version of health. And it really, really resonated with me. I use intuitive eating principles in my practice now I find them to be so, so helpful for my clients. And so I wanted to spend this episode walking you through the 10 principles. And then in part two, we're going to talk about how intuitive eating looks different for PCOS. And then in part three, we're going to talk about some common obstacles that people tend to encounter when they're trying to practice intuitive eating on your own. And I'm going to give you a few tips on how to overcome them. So why are we letting go of dieting or how can this actually be beneficial to health? The first is to acknowledge that dieting and this idea that we need to focus on weight to improve health, this is really a failed paradigm. And what I mean by this is that it really doesn't work. 35% of dieters about will progress into disordered eating behaviors 30 to 45% of those dieters will actually develop a full-blown eating disorder. And we know that folks with PCOS are six times more likely to have an eating disorder. So dieting in a connection with disordered eating is pretty strong. And then on top of that, dieting doesn't work. Usually when somebody goes on a diet, and I want you to think if you've had this personal experience, Usually, someone will lose weight temporarily, 
but then almost always that weight will be regained within a certain point in time. Actually, two-thirds of dieters will regain even more weight than they lost. And in research, we see that the top predictor of weight gain is dieting. And we're going to talk about how this can be harmful to health. But it's really just, it's a paradigm that doesn't really work. We are surrounded by a multi-billion dollar diet industry that keeps us coming back for more. And in this process, we are losing sight of what health really means. We're getting really stressed out about food. We're having a poor relationship with food. This can lead to binge eating, all sorts of things. And again, this was what I was seeing with my clients. And I will tell you, like a registered dietitian doesn't have a secret to long-term weight loss. And there's not a diet plan out there that can be effective with that probably. And that can be a really hard thing to sit with and understand when we're being told differently. And that's really what intuitive eating is all about is kind of walking you through the process to make peace with that. Okay, so let's start going over the principles of intuitive eating. So there are 10. The first is called reject the diet mentality. And the diet mentality is really feeling like in order to improve health, you have to be focusing on your weight. And again, we have to go back to this knowledge that we have that for most people, that focus doesn't really work long term. And you probably have that lived experience. Like if you think about how many diets you've tried throughout the course of your life, how did you feel when you were on the diet? How was that diet not realistic or maintainable for you long term? So many times when we diet, and we think of dieting as whether or not it worked. We think about that period of time when we're actually on the diet. But I want you to expand and think about your entire experience. Like, how long were you on the diet? If you quote unquote fell off of the diet, like, why was that? It probably was not an issue with you. Our bodies are designed to really protect themselves. So if you are depriving yourself or not getting the nutrients that you need, your body is going to try to compensate for that. And that's part of the reason why dieting doesn't work long term. So when we talk about yo-yo dieting, what we see a lot is weight cycling. And weight cycling is what I just mentioned where you may lose weight, but then you gain weight back. That's called weight cycling, going through periods where you're losing weight and gaining weight. This is actually hard on the body. It confuses your metabolism. And weight cycling is associated with worse health outcomes. So some of those include increased inflammation, worsening insulin resistance, worsening blood pressure, depression, worsening self-esteem. A lot of these things are already associated with PCOS, so why would we want to make them worse? I'm sure you probably don't, but maybe have never heard about this connection before. Studies on intuitive eaters people who make food choices out of self-care and wanting to have a healthy relationship with food and their bodies really tend to see more positive health outcomes. So lower triglycerides in studies, lower blood sugar, lower blood pressure, less binge eating, and less emotional eating. 
Intuitive eaters also have higher self-esteem, more body appreciation, increased HDL cholesterol. That's that good cholesterol that we do want to be higher. Intuitive eaters have a better connection to their body and they report more life satisfaction. And that makes sense. If you are going through life feeling comfortable in your body and feeling like you have a healthy relationship with food. So you can always be present in social situations and things like grocery shopping doesn't stress you out. It makes sense that somebody who is an intuitive eater would have more life satisfaction. So that is principle number one. Principle number two is to honor your hunger. This really just means eating when you're hungry and also being able to understand your hunger and tap into some awareness of when you're starting to feel hungry. So, so often with dieting, we are taught to suppress our hunger, that our body doesn't really know what it needs. Have you ever found yourself questioning your hunger? Maybe you were like, I just ate something and now I'm hungry again. This doesn't make any sense. So then you try to suppress that feeling. So often this suppression backfires and leads to overeating and binge eating. Inconsistent eating also can affect your cortisol levels, blood sugar regulation, energy levels, mood, and all sorts of things. So you may be asking yourself too, well, what if I have insulin resistance and I always feel hungry? Or what if my hunger hormones are not reliable? And that is exactly what I'm going to delve deeper into in next episode, because we do want to acknowledge the places where intuitive eating might look a little different for somebody with PCOS. So principle number two is to honor your hunger. Principle number three is called make peace with food. And this is really about removing the morality around food. So have you ever thought to yourself that there are good foods and bad foods or that you are good or you are bad based off of what you're eating? This is exactly what we're talking about. We want to shift away from this because it's really hard to tap into what your body truly wants and needs if you have these thoughts in the back of your mind that certain foods are superior to other foods. And really at the core of this is recognizing all of the different purposes that foods serve. Because yes, some foods do fuel our bodies more than other foods. Some foods are more dense in nutrients than other foods. Like we're not denying that. However, there are so many other different purposes of foods. Like, yes, some foods may physically fuel our bodies. Other foods may fuel our hearts. They may fuel our souls. They may be part of our social life, part of comfort. And we can't ignore that. And so really embracing the different roles that food plays in our body is instrumental in making peace with food. All right. Principle number four is challenging the food police. And the food police is this little voice in your mind that is reinforcing diety thoughts and food rules. So do you ever make a food choice and you say something to yourself like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. This is too many calories. I shouldn't be having sweets. This voice 
causes harm. It doesn't actually help you and it increases your guilt and stress around food. So really being aware of when you're doing it and maybe recognizing where these thoughts are coming from can be really helpful on your intuitive eating journey. Okay, principle number five is discover the satisfaction factor. So a lot of people confuse fullness and satisfaction. Like fullness is a physical feeling, but satisfaction brings in that emotional component. So what do you actually want to eat? What is going to sound good? What is going to hit the spot? That should really be included as one thing that you're thinking about when you're making food choices. I want to give you an example. One time when I was seeing a client, I always ask my clients, like, what are your favorite foods? And first of all, people with a strong diet history have a really difficult time thinking about this because you're conditioned to be making food choices based off of what you think you should be eating. So what you want to eat and what feels satisfying is not at the forefront of your food choices. But one time I was speaking to a client and I asked her this question and she told me my favorite dish is salmon with brown rice and broccoli. And, you know, for me in my practice, I really try to always trust my clients and believe what they are telling me because I know in the PCOS space, so often you're not believed, so often you're dismissed. So when she said that, I was like, maybe she really does love salmon and broccoli. We went on with the assessment. And then when she came back for her next session, she was like, I was reflecting on our session and I realized I don't even know what foods I like. And that I've always told myself that was my favorite dish because I thought it was the healthiest for me. And so I thought that's what I should like the most. And so often in the diet space, satisfaction is not a part of anything unless it's a cheat day. And satisfaction should really be a regular part of your eating routine. Okay. Principle number six is all about feeling your fullness. Have you ever eaten a meal and afterwards you realize that you ate past the point of fullness? Maybe you feel like you ate too much. Maybe you're uncomfortable or maybe you're just recognizing that you're very full. This is because we are really conditioned to eat based off of external factors. So like a portion size or what's on our plate. And that can lead to disconnection from the body. And really our body tells us when we're starting to approach comfortable satiety. But if you're coming from a place where you're conditioned to not listen or trust your body, it's going to be hard to tune into those feelings. Another situation where we see a lot of eating past the point of fullness is when you are eating foods that you feel like, again, have that moral value and are quote unquote bad foods. And this is called the last supper mentality of like, I really shouldn't be eating this, but I'm going to eat it this one time or this last time and get it over with. And so you tend to eat past the point of fullness because you're really enjoying the food and you don't know when you're going to eat it again. So principle number six is helping you understand how to get in tune with your body a little better to 
honor your body's sense of fullness and stop eating at the point of comfortable satiety. And when I'm explaining this, I want to make it very clear that it's okay to eat past the point of fullness. It's okay to be enjoying your food. It's more about what's going on behind that eating behavior. Like if you're so completely disconnected from your body and you're kind of like disassociating while you're eating, that's really where this principle comes into play. Okay. Principle number seven is cope with your emotions with kindness. So emotional eating can be a big part of eating and this is often demonized and that's not what this principle is about. This principle actually used to be called cope with your emotions without food. And through learning more about eating behaviors, they changed the principle to cope with your emotions with kindness because emotional eating actually is a valid coping mechanism. Really where we want to dive into, is this serving you very well? That's where we want to evaluate whether or not it should be the only tool in your toolbox for actually coping with emotions. And really, you are the only person who can decide that. But again, emotional eating isn't necessarily a bad thing. But in terms of the actual emotion that you're trying to cope with, is food the best tool to cope with that emotion? Or would a different coping mechanism serve you better in terms of handling that emotion? So that's what that principle is all about. Principle number eight is respect your body. Your body deserves to be treated with dignity and respect no matter how you feel about it. And how often do you have a feeling about your weight or your body and you immediately punish yourself for that, punish your body, skip a meal, things like that? Your body really deserves respect even on those bad days. And a big part of this principle is decreasing the things that make you feel poorly about yourself. So for example, do you start your day by weighing yourself or body checking, which is really examining yourself in the mirror? And if so, how is that serving you and how is that setting you up for wanting to truly care for your body every day? And body respect is really at the foundation of taking a non-diet approach to nutrition because whether you're, you go through periods of binge eating or overeating or experiencing weight gain that you may feel bad about, you can always come back to the fact that you know your body deserves to be nourished and cared for no matter what. Lastly, no, not not lastly, principle number nine is movement, body movement. So a lot of people maybe have negative feelings towards the words exercise or working out. So in the intuitive eating framework, they talk about exercise using the words movement, moving your body, body movement, which I love because I think when we use the words exercise or working out, we have an idea of our mind of what that's supposed to look like. When in reality, just moving our body in general can help us feel so many benefits related to movement. And this principle is really about moving your body based off of the way you feel and how that movement will improve your health rather than moving with a motivating factor of losing weight. 
And this is for a couple of reasons. Typically, external factors are not truly motivating. Whereas when we're really tapped into why something is important to us and how it can benefit us from the day to day, we're more likely to build habits and consistency. So when you recognize like, oh, on the days that I move my body, I have less back pain or I have better energy, I have less cravings, I sleep better. These are things that are going to keep you in the habit because you want to feel good. Another thing is that you can experience positive physical health benefits independent of weight. So there is a lot of research that you can improve your heart health, you can improve insulin resistance, blood sugar control, with body movement, even if you're not losing weight. So understanding that and knowing the difference there can be really helpful if you are someone who has had a poor relationship with movement. Whereas what we see a lot in the diet space is when someone is primarily moving their body because they're trying to lose weight, if they're not seeing the scale go down, then it's going to be hard for them to continue with that habit or that consistency. So that is principle number nine. And then the last principle is gentle nutrition, honor your health with gentle nutrition. And so with intuitive eating, there is an acknowledgement that nutrition can be important and it can play a role in health. But how can we incorporate nutrition principles in a way that is sustainable and that makes you feel good and that honors the other principles? So with gentle nutrition, you are choosing foods that honor your health and they make you feel good. So again, you're not choosing foods based off of what you feel like you should be eating. You're not choosing food solely based off of guilt or shame or restriction. You're choosing foods because you want to care for yourself. It's more coming from an empowered place. We do this by focusing on adding foods, like using the foods you like and enjoy as the foundation, and then adding foods to that that are dense in certain nutrients And then there's also a sense of flexibility too. Like nutrition isn't all or nothing. Like you don't have to swing into these areas of extremes with eliminating sweets or how many vegetables you're eating or counting things or tracking things or anything like that. There can be a level of flexibility. And this is usually really important if you're coming from a space where you have been really restrictive with food and you've had either a stressful relationship with food or difficulty with some sort of consistency with food. So those are the 10 principles. The creators of intuitive eating describe intuitive eating as combining instinct, emotion, and thought. So that thought would be your nutrition knowledge or what you know is good for your body. Emotion would be like, what are you feeling with what you want to eat, like bringing in the satisfaction factor and things like that. An instinct would be like tapping into when are you feeling hungry? Like when are you feeling full? Those types of things. I think that that, I don't want to say that's like a complicated explanation, but some more simple ways that you can think of intuitive eating would be 
combining mind knowledge with body knowledge. So the mind knowledge would be the nutrition education and the things that you kind of know will help you feel good. And the body knowledge is like listening to how you feel on the inside. I also love this analogy of thinking of intuitive eating like a radio with two dials. So one dial is mind knowledge and one dial is body knowledge. And when you have a medical condition, maybe sometimes you have to turn up that dial of mind knowledge a little more than someone would if they didn't have a medical condition like PCOS. I have also heard intuitive eating described as inner wisdom and outer wisdom and combining the two. And I like that as well. So it's a total misconception that you cannot be an intuitive eater if you have a medical condition like PCOS. And I'm really looking forward to the next installment of this series where we're going to talk about how intuitive eating looks different for PCOS. So if you want to do a deep dive into these principles, I have two resources for you. The first is the recommendation to read the intuitive eating book. I think that's a really great place to start. I've also created an intuitive eating workbook specifically for PCOS. So I go through each principle a little more in depth than I have on the podcast. And then there are activities to go through in addition to going through the principles. And my workbook is a little different from the book because when I go through each principle, I do bring in how it might be a little different for PCOS. I also have a few blog posts as well about intuitive eating. So I will link those in the show notes as well. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to be back with part two. So in our next episode, we'll be chatting all about how intuitive eating looks a little different for PCOS. Okay, so I hope you liked this episode and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch new episodes. I'd also be so grateful if you left a review and rating for the pod as well. See you next Wednesday.